Okay, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And again, I apologize. I don't know what happened. We didn't get the notes printed. My fault. So I apologize about that. But we'll get next week's, God willing, we'll have next week's notes for you. If you have the book, then you're, you're able to. But we normally have the notes for everyone. If you've got something to write on and you want to jot some of these things down, I would encourage you to do that. We are just a few weeks away from completing our series on It's More Than a Name. And tonight's theme is No Name and No Thanks. No name and no thanks. Um, Here in Canada, we celebrate Thanksgiving in the month of October. And I hope, though, that that is not the only time that we think about being thankful. I hope that's not the only time that we uh, give praise for what God has done for us. Because really, that is an everyday, should be an everyday Event, And we're going to look at some lepers here in just a few minutes in Luke's gospel. I had you turn to Luke 17. Um, In fact, let's go ahead and read. Let's go ahead and read that, and then we'll continue on. Luke 17 and verse number 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, Jesus, that is, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Isn't it amazing that Jesus had no problem going through Samaria? you know anything about Samaria, a lot of Jews would avoid it because it was filled with half Jew and half Gentile. And so don't go anywhere near Samaria. But no, Jesus goes to the well. I must needs go through Samaria in John chapter 4. And now he's going to Samaria again. That he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men, ten unnamed men, And they had a major problem. The Bible says that they were all lepers. They were all lepers. And they stood afar off. We'll talk about that. They lifted up their voices because they were so far away from Jesus because they had leprosy. So kind of get the picture, you know, Jesus is coming through. The lepers are further away than anybody else. They lift up their voice. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. We'll explain that. And it came to pass that as they went, now that took some faith. Not every day did a leper get healed. In fact, it was pretty rare. And as they went to go to the priest, they were cleansed. All ten got cleansed. The Bible says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a what? Samaritan. What do you know? And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where Are the nine. We'll come back to that here in a little bit. As we think about thanksgiving and as we think about being thankful, Paul is someone who wanted everyone to know that his life was a testimony of God's grace. Take your Bible, please, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now we'll come back to Luke 17 here in just a moment. But go with me to Luke, or go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
The Apostle Paul writes there, but by the, verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me, which was with me. God's grace, that was Paul's testimony. He says it twice. His grace was bestowed upon me, but the grace of God which was with me. So it wasn't anything, <clears throat> Paul wasn't anything to do, it wasn't anything to do with him and his ability. But it was by the grace of God that Paul was able to serve the Lord. Exodus 20 in verse number 7 has nothing to do with praising the Lord, but it has something to do with taking the name of the Lord in vain. Now shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Why do we mention this? Because, you know, sometimes I think I, I know that I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I will just say, well, praise the Lord. I mean, I'm saying after something goes wrong. <laughs> and in a way, we are in a way we're complainingly saying, well, praise the Lord. In fact, we don't even mean it. Now, maybe you do. If you do, great. But I have to admit, there's been times when I've just kind of said, well, praise the Lord, you know, <laughs> kind of like, anyway, I won't even go and even give you an example. I've had too many of them. <laughs> and I don't really mean praise the Lord. I really mean, why did God do that? That's kind of what it means. So to say that is really to, in a sense, take the name of the Lord in vain. Because I'm not really praising the Lord. If anything, I'm saying, why did you do that, Lord? So maybe we don't take the name of the Lord in vain like some people would, and we, we kind of probably know what we're saying. I don't need to give any of those, but that's just as guilty if I do that. However, my gratitude and my, my thanksgiving ought to be expressed truthfully to God. Not just, well, praise the Lord, but ought to be genuine. It ought to be a natural response to Him. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You see, we're not praising the Lord in our own strength. We're praising the Lord through the Holy Spirit of God who gives us the ability to be thankful, who gives us the ability to be grateful. Yes, in the most difficult time, we can genuinely say, praise the Lord. Like Job of old, right? The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I, I tend to believe that was genuine. So we can say praise the Lord in the most challenging time. I'm not saying don't do that. We can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's get to this text, though, Luke 17, and kind of see what else we can learn about this idea of no names and no thanks. So, number one, we find about these <clears throat> ten men, they had a miserable grief. A miserable grief. The Bible says in verses 11 and 12 that they had leprosy. Leprosy was a sure death sentence. There was no way out. It was just a matter of time of when someone would die. So to understand 
what, what should these men have been grateful for? Before we get to that, uh, or before we get to them, let's, let's understand why they should have been grateful. And we can put ourselves right, right in their life tonight. You say, Pastor Turner, I've got all my digits, all my fingers. I don't have leprosy. No, but we have all had a condition just like leprosy at one time. Leprosy is a picture of sin. And sin always has a death sentence. Just like leprosy was a death sentence, so is it for a sinner. Often my deepest gratitude can come out of my greatest sorrow. Often our deepest gratitude can spring forth from our greatest sorrow. Letter A is an unknown solution. An unknown solution. Now, if you can remember back to week three. Well, even if you can't remember, I'll remind you. In week number three, we talked about a man who was a captain of an army in the Old Testament. His name started with an N and ended with an N. Naaman. Naaman also had leprosy. And uh, he had an unnamed maid that was his helper. And uh, he was the captain of the Syrian army. And he was the only one named and only one cured that we know of in, this, in that part of the Bible, in, that, in, that, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament. No cure. As we said, same as the, same as the idea of sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So tonight, if you're looking for a remedy for sin, there is none. However, there is a way to be redeemed. So there's no remedy, but there is redemption. There's no remedy, but there's redemption, and that's Jesus Christ. And it is, he is a wonderful Savior. We sang that earlier, didn't we? What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Jesus. And even if you're here tonight and you don't really care about that right now, I want you to know that he loves you. And he wants to be your wonderful savior, but you have to, that's one of those conditional clauses, conditional promises, excuse me, that we talked about this morning. No remedy, but there is redemption. There's no solution. There's no solution for my sin, but there is a miracle called salvation. There's no solution, but there is a miracle for our sin, and that is salvation. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. So salvation is not in a church. Salvation is not in a pastor. Salvation is in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is the, no. I'm telling you tonight, that is a known solution for all of us here. No one here tonight can say when you stand before God someday, I didn't know no one ever told me. Because I, it's not me, I just gave you the word of God. So the word of God just told all of us, Jesus is the salvation. We don't need a solution, we need a Savior. We don't need a remedy, we need redemption. It comes through the Lord Jesus. So, an unknown solution. That's the case for leprosy, but not for salvation. Letter B, we have an unequivocal separation. An unequivocal separation. 
Notice what it says in our text about the lepers. In verse number 12, at the end of verse number 12, notice what it says there. They stood afar off. They had to because the law said they had to. In fact, Leviticus 13.45. The leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. He shall put a covering upon his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. They stood afar off. So again, the picture here is uh, leprosy separates the leper from society. Sin separates us from God. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 59. Turn back about to the little, little past the middle way point of your Bible. Isaiah 59. Verse number one. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you That he will not hear. So there is a separation that sin causes between us and God. I've said this before, but I think I'm I'm retracting it. And that is this, that we've said that when someone dies without Christ, they are separated from God forever, right? Right? But in all honesty, someone who is without Christ now is already separated from God. It doesn't happen just when they die, it's now. Just like when we get saved, we have eternal life now, not just when we die. We have eternal life now. It's a present possession that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. But also the unbeliever is separated from God now, not just when they die. Let's look at a couple of verses quickly. John chapter 3. These are great verses to mark in your Bible. To share with others. To encourage them. Show them the message of the gospel. That it is not your message. That it is God's message. John 3.18. John 3.18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Hallelujah for that. But... He that believeth not is condemned, what? Already. Not later. Not when they die. Now. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse number 36, same chapter. He he that believeth on on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Notice what it says. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Not later, now. So I'm just saying tonight, if you're you're, uh, not saved, if you don't know Christ as Savior, if you're just trying to 
cruise through this thing and, you know, whatever. According to the Word of God, on the authority of the Word of God, I don't say this in anger, but you're under the wrath of God now. Not later. Turn to Christ. Turn to the loving hands of the Savior tonight and be saved. Number one, a miserable grief. Number two, a mercy sought. A mercy sought. Wow. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. And they lifted up their voices in verse 13 and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It reminded me of the song, where can we go but to the Lord? Maybe they had a little song just like that as lepers, you know. Living below in this old sinful world. Hardly a comfort can afford. Where could we go but to the Lord? That was a great place for them to go. They sought mercy. Psalm 103.8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. By the way, if you're still not saved, this is, a, this is something that I, I'm thankful for because He is slow to anger. And He's plenteous in mercy. He's merciful. He's gracious. The Bible says in verse 17 that they lifted up their voices. Letter A, there was an honored recognition an honored recognition. They understood who Jesus was. Look at verse number 13 again. They said, Jesus. Just that alone says something. Matthew 1.21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. They said, Jesus. And then they said, Master John 13, 13, ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so am I. These men just did not call Jesus, hey, good teacher, hey, prophet. No, they submitted a statement. Hey, Jesus, Master. They came in a humble way. There was no arrogancy. There was no self-sufficiency for the miracle of salvation to take place. One must recognize that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only hope they have. It's not taking Jesus and adding Jesus to a shelf of God, of other small gods, if you will. No, it's Jesus and Jesus only. Jesus, Master, right? It's not just Jesus Savior, it's Jesus Lord. 2 John 1, 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And we have the spirit of antichrist all over the place today. We don't have the antichrist, at least yet we don't know who the antichrist is, but the spirit of antichrist is everywhere. And that's the spirit of it that says that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. So there's an honored recognition. Secondly, letter B, there was a humble request. 
See, the best place these lepers could get, here it is, the best place these lepers could get is the end of the rope. We've been looking at the prodigal son in our morning Bible reading. I hope you've been following along. The best place the prodigal could get to was the pig pen. And the Bible said when he came to himself, because he wasn't himself the entire time that he was on his way to the pig pen, he was out of his mind. Sin was controlling him. Satan was controlling him. And when he came to himself, praise the Lord for that. And these lepers came to a place in their life where I hope that every one of us will come to in our life, especially for salvation, but not just for that. But tonight, as we think about that in the beginning here, that they realize there's no human solution. And there's no human solution for you and me. There's no program, 10 step or a thousand steps. It's one step, Jesus he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And these lepers, they realize that. There's no hope for us. Have mercy. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were hopeless apart from a miracle of God. We're going to do a track here soon with something on the front of it with the word hope. Verse 13 says they lifted up their voices, and we said that already. Too many people today are not willing to see their sinful condition in this way. I pray every day, God, help people to come to themselves. And when, they, when he came to himself, he said, this is no good. I'm going back to dad. I'm going home. Romans 10, 1 to 4. Let's turn over there quickly. Romans 10. Thank you for listening. Honoring the Lord's word. Romans 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul writes, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Now here's something that really stood out to me. Verse number three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. To be ignorant is just to not know. They were ignorant of it, and so they tried to establish their own righteousness. I mean, that's Tower of Babel all over again. And by the way, it hasn't stopped in 2023 either. So many people, let, let, I, I'll figure it out. I can take care of it. I can do it. No, we can't. These lepers couldn't do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. God's atonement is what is needed, not my achievements well, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. I'm a good person. I, I don't, you know, this, I don't do that. I don't do this, I don't do that. That's wonderful, but that's not what it takes. Jesus said, it is finished. I don't need my accomplishments. I need his atonement on my account. A humble request. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Number three. Big number three, 
a miracle supplied. Only God could perform this miracle, and he did. Letter A, the command of faith. Now, this, gets, this is really good. Just as I or just as we have to act in faith, trusting Jesus for our salvation, it's faith. I, I talked to somebody a few weeks ago. Who created God? That was the question, and it was, it was given very sincerely. And I said, you know, sir, what it boils down to is, do we have faith in the word of God or do we have faith in what the world tells us? Both of them take faith. And I said, for me, it takes less, less faith to believe God's word in a creator, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, which means no one created God. Before the beginning began to begin, there was only a who, it was God. In the beginning, God. I said, okay, we can believe that, that the Bible is uh, the word of God, or we can take man's word on the whole thing. What takes more faith? Honestly, it's, it's what man says to me, that some big explosion can take place, or something can crawl out of a, crawl out of a uh, pile of goop, and a tail fall off, and all of a sudden walking around, and here we go. You, what takes more faith? But these men showed some faith. Look at verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now we all know, I hope we all know, that Jesus could have just said, be clean. But he didn't do that. He wanted to see, did they really mean it? Were they true about saying, Master, uh, uh, Jesus, have, uh, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so by telling them to go to the priest, he commanded them to act in faith. Logically, the only reason for them to go to the priest would have been if they could somehow prove that they no longer were a leper. Because you see, in this time, the only one who could say, you're clean, was the priest. Goes back to an Old Testament law. And so by him saying go to the priest and by them immediately turning and heading toward wherever the priest was, that was the faith. He commanded them and by faith they responded. And as soon as they responded, what does the Bible say? And it came to pass that as they went, verse 14, they were cleansed. Their faith caused them to turn toward wherever the priest was at. They all, know where, they all knew where the priest was. They could have sat there and rubbed their chin a little bit and thought, what good will it do to go to the priest? I've got leprosy. That's logical, right? <laughs> you know, God's not necessarily logical all of the time. They could have thought to themselves that, and they could have said, well, we won't even get through the front door. Why, why go to the priest? He's not, we're not going to get anywhere near the door. But they didn't ask any questions. Isn't it interesting when they're down to the death sentence? They don't ask questions. They just listen to the master. Master says, go to the priest. They don't even say, okay, according to the Bible. They just went. Wow. Wow. 
Faith is necessary to activate salvation. Faith is necessary to activate salvation. God could, Jesus is more, is more than capable of just coming in here and saying, you're saved, Barry, you're saved, Peter, you're saved, Susan, you're saved, Barry, you're saved, you're saved. He could do that, but that's not how it works. That eliminates the free will of man, which eliminates God's true love. So faith is necessary to activate salvation that God has provided through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Several verses to consider. Romans 3.28. Romans 3.28. Just about done. We're going to try to get done a little bit early. If the patch and the teens are still going, let them finish up. And I'll just tell you, if you go right outside the front doors and talk on the steps, it's about 10 degrees cooler out there, okay? So I'm going to try to get done a little bit early. But they may still go to the regular time. Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by what? Faith without the deeds of the law. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith was necessary for the lepers to be cleansed. Faith is necessary for you and I to be saved and know that we're on our way to heaven. So the command of faith, letter B, the cleansing found. Another thing about this miracle that's so powerful is that it was instantaneous. So is salvation. Salvation is not a process. It is a moment. It is instantaneous. Notice verse 14, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And when every and when and when and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, we're coming to that. But it is an instantaneous miracle that took place at the moment of faith. So as the lepers responded in faith, they were cleansed, they recognized it, so are we. So was Naaman. When Naaman came up from that seventh plunge, you can picture that seventh dip into that murky um, um, uh, dirty Jordan River, and he came up that seventh time. The Bible says that just like that, second, I think it's 2 Kings 5, just like that, his fingers and everything were like the skin of a baby. Not like his, the skin of a Syrian uh, soldier, you know, callous and everything, but he got brand new skin. Wow. Soft. Restored immediately. Just like salvation. It's immediate. It's a miracle, isn't it? Likewise, when we trust Jesus in faith, I am immediately, you are immediately cleansed of our sin. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Luke 17, 19. So we have a miserable grief, we have mercy sought, we have a miracle supplied, but honestly, this is actually the lesson but it won't take long, a missing gratitude. So now we know why they should have been thankful. But there was a missing gratitude. Now, I'm not, and I think we'll say it here in a moment, I don't think all of these 10 were not thankful. But only one of them expressed it. Letter A, an expressed thanks. One of the 10, verse 16, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks, and he 
just happened to be a Samaritan. Surely, when all ten of these lepers looked at their skin, the moment that they turned ahead toward the priest, surely all of them were thankful to be healed. But not all of them expressed it. Only one expressed it. I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be the nine that don't express Thanksgiving. I want to be, by God's grace, and I'm not perfect at it, and I'm just asking the Lord to help me. I'd like to be just like this one that expressed it. You're saved and on your way to heaven tonight. Praise the Lord for that. How often do we express that to the Lord? I would say it would be good to do it every day, at least once, to express my thanksgiving. Psalm, 69, uh, Psalms 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the God who daily loadeth us with benefits, even my salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It doesn't say, in everything be thankful. It says, in everything give thanks. I think we can give thanks for a difficulty. We can give thanks for a loss. We can give thanks for a trial. So we have an express thanks. Then letter B, we have an embarrassing thought. And Jesus answered in verse 17, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. I wonder how the other nine would have felt. We don't have a, a verse that doesn't say anything happened that Jesus confronted them at all. Doesn't mean he did, doesn't mean he didn't. Surely they would have been a little bit embarrassed for not giving thanks. And I pray tonight that we would all consider our own life, our level of gratitude. Is it, is it what it ought to be? Should it be more? Psalms 106 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. 2 Samuel 22.50 Therefore I will give thanks unto the Lord, unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen I will sing praises unto thy name. My thanksgiving and your thanksgiving is a testimony to those around us. Psalm 119.62, at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. May God help us to not be like one of the ones who, the nine, who I'm sure were thankful but they didn't express it. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Even the ones we don't think are good and perfect, they come from above. And might we give him thanks. Let's pray together.